morning. Gussie, uh, maybe you want to move up. And, uh, voice a little bit low. You might uh, need the Novi. I have an inkling because we didn't give it out. So that'll be a raya. But let's see the first mom welcome first. The Michael I told you we don't have to give it out. That's why. Uh, I just realized, okay, it's, it's within reach. Okay, okay. Um, let's, let's see the first mom welcome and then we'll, we'll see from there. The last... Last week we saw, two weeks ago, or Hanukkah, we saw the series of psukim concerning the remez that the Aaron was hidden by Yeshio Amelech and he gave a tzivoy to the Levim to quietly put it away, which they did never to be found again. It's in Harabayas. And the Rambam actually brings this down. If you look at Hilchas Beis Bechiram, Eric Dal Halacha Aleph in front of you. Even Haisa Bekeishikadashim, the Ma'arava Shalehaya Aron Munoch. This is the part of the Even Hashasia that is protruding. The fun of Sinsenes Amon Umata Aron and. Part of the fascinating, you put quote unquote artifacts in the Kedish Akadashim. It's a Kiddish, Kiddish Nifla, as a matter of fact. But that was the Tzivui. Tzinsanis Amman was used by the Levium later to give Musr to the people. The Rambam's Balabos, who learns nine hours a day and works three hours a day. That doesn't work for most people today simply because uh, the economics or what we're doing with the money or what we feel we have to do with the money usually doesn't allow such minimal hashtagets. Some people yes, many people no. Not necessarily a violation of that because the three nine-hour ratio is, well, the Ramam held was a lot because it worked for many, many years, but... Many people have asked me whenever we talk about it, am I in violation of this Ramam? We hope not. Because uh, the many days, if your average, not New York necessarily, if your average work day is 9 to 5, whatever is considered standard Ishtablis, if you try to figure out a way of doing it quicker and it's not working, so then the fallback position for the average lineman is the standard Ishtablis. That better be the answer, or else we're in big trouble. Ramam wasn't talking about Bidurim when he described this. He's talking about what the average day should be, and the minimum was the nine hours. So, lest we uh, claim that many people are in violation of that, the Lukhara, that would be the job. Well, the Zinsanis Haman represented the fact, interesting piece of missile, that was left there for that. The people were very, very should see. The man, you see in the midbar, they didn't require such a shtablis. Why are you knocking yourself out? And that was considered heavy musr. That's not a tushtal because in the midbar they have man, and we don't have man falling from the shamayim. Answer is that we don't. And that's why we're allowed to work for three days, three three hours a day, or three days a week. One guy told me, he says, he works three days a week. The other three and a half days of Uncle Sam. So, okay, that's part of the. But the, the Musr 
they're looking at the man, and that's what we have to do with the man. The answer is the man was given to show us that there's such a musig that in reality everything is coming in Shamayim. In the midbar, they saw it blatantly, it fell down in Shamayim, and after that, the Nisayan is to see that our Shabbos has nothing to do with the result, it's just part of the the Chet of Mishin and the Klob of Zayis Apecha. And every generation has to figure out what that ratio is. It was so important, this Musik, this, this artifact, to be able to see this flask of this man, that it was held in the Kaddish Gadashim. Mata Iron also is a central theme, after the on the hierarchy, within Klai Yisrael, the jobs that people have, a Kain is not a Levi, a Levi is not a Kain, Yisrael is not a Levi, and you have to know your position, similar to what we're discussing, uh, Mazel, Nightsaber. You have to know what your tools are, and what position you're in, and don't spend your life looking at everybody else's position and why am I not a Kain, why am I not a Levi, why don't I have his job, why don't I have her job. So these two critical themes, basically Bittachan and Muna, both in terms of the Panasa and in terms of job description in life, are held in the Kaddish which I find fascinating. They held it was that important that the symbolism has to be that Kaddish uh, is the only place uh, that this belongs, so we understand how important it is. Yes? So when did they have an opportunity to actually see it? The there were different times, the times when the uh, partition in between was able to be rolled up. They actually showed it to the elder Regalim. So uh, the other possibility is they're allowed to bring it out and show it to the people. The Navi did. So, uh, but we would be standing there wondering, like, what's the shaykhs? What shaykhs do we have to do our midbar? What shaykhs do we have to man following the Shemayim? What shaykhs do we have to mata Aaron? We'd like to believe that we don't rebel against kuhuna. So why do we need the mata Aaron? The answer is maybe, maybe yes, depends on the generation, maybe not. We're constantly doing this in our mind. We're constantly wondering, grass is always greener. Why don't we have what they have? And uh, we'd like to trade this in for a different surrounding, different family, different circumstances. And as we're discussing in the Mazel Shear, it's not supposed to work that way. Be'es, Shabbat Shlama. Keep in mind, we're reading the Hilchas Be'es of Achir. This is not Merenavuchim. This is not, not, uh, this is, Ram is being down in Halacha Sefer to give you the background of what's supposed to be working and which Tkufa and what this is for. Yes? In general, this is kind of a follow-up on, on this question. The, when we say that, like, that uh, <coughs> the only time that anybody can go into the Kodesh Kodesh was only the coin Gadol, only on Yom Kippur, right. or that the Yahweh's opinion. So, but is that still, that's, that's for a regular procedure, but like, if for some, when there's a specific need, like, yeah. for example, if... if it's in Santa Saman, you have to be able to go and get, get it. Go and get yeah. it's in Somebody, like, if something needs to be moved, like the king wants to take the out. There's a, well, taking the out to war is a machlaik, isn't it? Yeah, there, there, there are Mishnayas that talk about how do you do painting? How do you do basic upkeep in the Kajigadashim? So they can't look. So they load them in a box, and there was a little bit of a peephole. You just look through exactly what, uh, with the paintbrush, what you're, uh, what you're trying to fix. You have to do it very, very carefully, not stay a minute longer than you have to, and not look at anything you're not supposed to be looking at. But yes, there were procedures for all these things. So now, the Ram gives us the background, based on these Pesukim. Be'es Shabbat HaShlomo, third line, Es Abayis V'yada Shasefi L'Charev. That's already a pretty shocking line. Shlomo Melch is building it. We know the Gemara says that at the time that he got married to Basparo, Gavriel already put a stick right near Rome was going to be formed. And then a clod of earth formed around it and formed the, probably is the boot of Italy. 
And the symbolism over there is that there was a problem from the get-go with the foundation. Shlomo Melech, after he did it, realized, on the one hand, he did a fabulous job and built the base of Mitish. The other hand, uh, there were some mistakes that created a little bit of a fault in the, uh, the lines of the foundation. So the Ramam is putting this into the actual plans. From the fact that David Melch didn't build it already was a hint to that. One of the reasons David couldn't build it is David was too great, if you can use that expression. And if he would build it, then it couldn't be destroyed. And then the Kosh couldn't take out his anger, which wouldn't have been good for the rest of the people. So this was a brocha in disguise. Could have a better description of very deep down the recess of a very elaborate, complicated, complex labyrinth of tunnels. Did I use enough synonyms? Uh, yeah. So the Rambam uses three different words over here. He says, Shlama Melech, was Shlama Melech, he was the Chacham Adam, and he knew all the sciences, he knew how to build, he knew how to hide, and he built a very complex maze that no one is ever going to find unless you're Elio Anavi, Hayamim, and you have Nevoah. And he's going to give a very tightly guarded Misera, a military secret to Yechidim in the Dar to hand down to the Melech that is going to have the unfortunate position of having to decide that now is the time to use what was built hundreds of years ago. This is complicated. Who would want to be this person? Yoshio is going to step up to the plate because he's brave enough. As I mentioned two weeks ago, there's got to be, if anybody was receiving the Tzivoy, I don't know if he gave it to two men, three men, four men, there's got to be tremendous pushback. It's just that it's not a democracy, and the Melo said so, so they did it. But you can imagine the turmoil and emotion that this is causing. We're putting away, we're hiding the error. And who's going to know about this from here on in? Nobody. Who's going to find out later? Oh, the Oanovi will tell us when the Mashiach comes. Just forget about it. Put, it. put it away. Pass on with the generation. And I don't think they passed it on after that. Just the hiding place and how to get there was carefully planned by Shlomo Melech, and he handed down that secret of where to put it. Otherwise, Yeshia would have to stop and scratch and start drilling. And that's going to make noise. You know, when you're building the base of Mitzvah, you're going to make a lot of noise. And within the project, build 25 flights underground. You can't redo that in a vacuum once it's built. So the Messiah was handed down, and it stopped in our parak. Yeshia was going to tell them to put it there and seal their lips. And when they die... No one's going to be the wise. I mean, Kaisa is going to find out it's not there anymore, and second Pius is not there, which the Ram will describe. But a lot of planning went into this. This is uh, unusual. We see this again in the Rambam, and unusual. We have such an insight into something that was pre-planned hundreds of years before. And the Messiah was that when you see that it's getting close, Yoshio is not by far not the last king. It's a Chiddush that he's going to do this now. Chizkiyo was still hoping... Things would go in the right direction. Yoshio, we didn't finish it yet, but moves things as far up in positive territory as any king is going to do. At the same time, with all his optimism, he's the one who puts it away, which I find incredible. You would think he should have the right 
to say things are going fine. We don't have to worry about this now. They didn't worry about this. Chizkiel didn't worry about this. So why am I putting it away? So he was optimistic but realistic enough to know I'm going to bring it up and I'm still chayshish. The Bavliya might be coming back uh, as the Navi warned. And even though they could do tshuva, but I don't know if I'm going to succeed enough. So what's he accomplishing? As we said by Chizkiel, Remember he said, he says, it's not coming in my time. We want to get enough people to the Chorban, past the Chorban, past the Gullahs to come back. And Yoshio helped Chizkio accomplish that. That's all he hoped for. He was hoping for more, but he was planning for the worst. That's a very difficult thing to do in life. Usually people who are we call realists are really pessimists. And when you ask them why you're being so down, they say, I'm not a pessimist, I'm just a realist. Well, realists often uh, live to fulfill their own self-fulfilling prophecies, and they shouldn't have been so negative on it, and maybe this wouldn't have been necessary. That's not true by Yoshio. This is a very, very delicate balance. He was the king who did the most in his era for a long time since Chizkiyo to undo damage and raise the people. It was Gavaldic. And then he had this premonition. I don't know if he knew he would die so young, but he was killed in the middle of his job or even toward the beginning of his job. And after that, no one's there to pick up the pieces. Not impossible. They could have done tshuva to the last moment, as we will yet see over the next year. But he knew enough to not bank on his success, and the Gaivanos would say, I'm doing so well. Where should I start planning for disaster? So everybody has to figure out in their own personal, uh, this is true in finance, this is true in many different things. How do you remain optimistic and yet have a contingency plan? I saw a hand there, yeah. Because the Ramam will allude too soon, they knew that the second base of was temporary, per Yaakov's shot that we mentioned two weeks ago. They knew it was really an extension of Chorban Bayes Rishon. It was a temporary booster shot to help prepare them for the long and bitter gullus ahead. It was a very quite a booster shot, 400 years worth, 400 and change. But they knew that it wasn't the same, and they knew they wouldn't have the same Ruach HaKadosh. That Ruach HaKadosh didn't have full Nevi'as. Nevi'am had to be there to build it. So the last three Nevi'am were there. It was built with the consent and the direction of the Nevi'am. And after that, they saw they wouldn't be Zeichah to Nevi'as, Ur Vatumim, which is based on Nevi'as, and the Kedusha that the Ur represented. So the Avedah was still done in the Kedusha Kedushim. They had to still go in, and the Zerikas Adam was Bain Habadim, even though the Badim weren't there. So it was there where it should have been. And everything else went, you learn Yuma, so it's all based on what was going on. And by Yashani, so they still did everything, and it's certainly far better than not having a base dish. but they knew these five things would be missing, and the Mishnah lists them. So they, they understood it wouldn't be the same Madriga. So there's no Nebuah. So you have, it's just like you have a building, and you have other parts, but let's also have the Luchas. Okay, there's no, there's no Nebuah. Apparently the Kedush of the Luchas was not fitting for their Madriga. They weren't Zeichet to it, basically, the short answer. Yes. In light of the explanation of the kind of balance where where he knew he wasn't up to exactly He was afraid maybe he wouldn't hit the mark. So then why was he so confident to go to like follow what Hilda said? You went up to that, yeah. I thought you were gonna ask. Maybe it's the same question. He was so confident he was doing a great job when Paro asked for safe passage just to go up north to fight Ashur, he says, Loi with an olive. And then Paris again, he says, no, maybe you didn't understand. I'm not 
coming to fight you. I just want to pass through. And he said, didn't tell Parah this, but banking on the Pasuk, which is only when you're doing Ritzen Shomakam. And yes, he believed that the country was turned around enough and everybody did Shuva, and he can bank on the Pasuk. Um, we'll review it when we get there because it's complicated, but in various years of Tishaba, we try to address this. Like, what went wrong? Why didn't the Navi come and tell him? The answer is he didn't because that was part of his Nisayan. He should have asked. And he didn't ask because he thought it was Pashit. Big mistake by a very big person who was still learning on the job. What? Why would he think it's Pashit based on this? Because he, the Aaron was so precious to them that even if he was 90% sure, sure enough to risk his army and risk his life, he was not sure enough to risk the Aaron, which is an interesting insight. Right? People are usually more careful about their, their own self and their self-preservation and their safety and security than whatever respect they have for a chafsa. You see that the uh, pacha and the trembling around the aron and the care for it was more. So I think that's an excellent point. I, I think the answer to your question is, a, is an important point, and that is he was more worried about losing the, the aron and the possibility that that might happen than his own job as king. Also, part of the contrast over here is he held at this particular point in time, he had turned around the people and they had the schism. He couldn't guarantee what his grandson and his great-grandson would be doing or not doing. When he put away the Aaron, he wasn't necessarily putting away because it would be captured now. And it wasn't going to be captured now because Bavlim weren't coming yet. He was concerned what would happen even if he'd get them to here, maybe they would slip again, which is what happened. The problem was even where he was, they didn't get to here. That was his mistake with going to fight power. So there's, there's two parts to the answer. Let's continue in the Ramam. Bonobo Mokam again, first one line, four lines down. Mokam Lignas Ba Aaron Lamata, the Matmanius, Amukas, Alkalkalus, Vishayo, Shio Hamelach, Siva, the Guns of Bamakam Shabana Shlama Shanamar, and he quotes our Pasak, this Remis, the Levium, the Yam Levium, Evinim, Lachal Yisrael, Akadeshim, Hashem, Tenuas Aaron Akesh, Baisa Shabana Shlama, Ben David. And he asked them to get more involved in the Shrita Sapesach and the grand plans that he had and succeeded in pulling off of bringing everybody in. And he needed help because there weren't enough Amuni uh, Shlumi Yisrael in the Beis Amitish and he needed everybody to help out. Venigna's Imai, and with the putting away of the Aaron, the Geniza, Nignas Imai, Mata Aaron, Vetsensenis, Shemin Hamishra, Chol Elu Lachazu Babayashani. Also interesting on the list, Shemin Hamishra. The answer is the original Shemin Hamishra, Halachelu Lashemin Hamishra from Meshra Benu, very Halig, and they weren't Zeichelakach in Bayashani. Happens to be, we sort of didn't. Chashmanan debates whether they had a status of king. The Rambam yes, the Rambam no. But even according to the Shita, that that was a Maila of Neis Hanukkah, they didn't have the same status. That's correct. Va'af Urvatumim, which is part of the Shemayna Bagadim. So you need an Urvatumim. It just didn't work. So they had the Chashin. Again, right, Shem Hashem. It's not going to talk to you. It's not going to light up. It's Machak Zishenim. When they did ask questions to the Urvatumim, did it actually light up in front of you? Did it light up in the mind of the Kain Gadol as an Avur? Either way, it had to be a Navi, because even when it lit up, if, according to the Pshat, it lit up in real time, 
in the physical world, you had to put the letters together and have a nevuah to understand what it was saying. Either way, you had to have nevuah, didn't have nevuah, and bayasheni. Af unvatumim shu bayasheni loyu meshivin beruach hakadish. Vlahayu nish olam behem shenamar adamoid kain leunvatumim. Pasik referred to the fact that this is it until we have the future kain gadol that can read again the urvatumim, which is not till Tukufus HaMashiach. It was still part of the set of the Shemayim Bagadim. You can't do the Aveda without the Shemayim Bagadim. So they had the Shemayim Bagadim, and it didn't really work for what they needed in terms of asking the Urmatumim, but you did the Aveda, you had the Shemayim Bagadim. So they didn't have a chance to ask the Urmatumim. That was one of the Chassanis, they didn't have a chance to ask the Nevi'im either, because they didn't have a Nevi'im after they finished building it. So Akkad is the Ramam, so the Ramam does introduce the Perek with the history. The Yad Chazaka is not a history. It's telling you the Dinim that this is Makiv, this is not Makiv. And the second bias, you have to know what was there, what wasn't there, to know what's Makiv and what's not Makiv. And that's what the Ramam is giving us this background. Let's go to the Peliyites. We won't take out the Navi. We'll Mitzvah Shem gets that next week. Yes, I'm saying the Urmatum was there, but it didn't work. It's almost like the batteries were, uh, were not working. The physical structure of the Cheshun was there, but uh, they knew they had no right to ask. They didn't bother asking because then it would work. It's not shot they asked and didn't get an answer. They knew not to ask because they saw already the Aaron HaKadosh wasn't here. And less than a Vim died out, they understood that it was a different type of uh, Tkufa. And remember, we're still in Bayez Vishen. And the Aaron is now gone. When the population at large found out, by next Yom Kippur, somebody knew. The other option is that Yeshua was Metzavah the Kain Gadol to go into the Kedesh and do the Avodah. Don't tell anybody. Hechetesi, that's what happened. Well, they, uh, they found out sooner or later. Let's go to the Pelagates. We left off on page Kuf Ayin Hay. And we're in the middle of Vatronus. Where to be generous, where to hold back, and the very delicate balance and how to run the family, the budget, and the budget of Tzorchei Tzibur. So on page Kuf Ayin Hay in Vatronus, the second to last paragraph. Tzei Lamad, Masha Amu Biyushalmi. You have to know your family, you have to know what you're dealing with, you have to train them. The expenditures in the house is an important issue because first you've got to figure out what's coming in to know what you can spend, and then you have to figure out what the purpose of the money that's coming in is, what's the primary purpose. You speak about giving meiser and giving chaymish. That doesn't mean necessarily the other 80% is for frivolous things, as he will spell out very clearly soon. It means you got to know what the basics are, and you got to leave a little bit of room for some luxury in terms of not living luxuriously, but being able to spend a little bit so it's not so pressured, and then figure out the rest, and then make sure your children are growing up in an environment where they don't expect more than necessary, and they're not hanging around with people who are Spending more than necessary. The biggest pressure comes from the peer pressure, obviously. And that's um, easier said than done, depending where you are. So, 
first he warns you from the Yishalmi not to go overboard in the direction, even though you mean L'shem Shemayim. Which means you can't withhold bread and basics because you want to squeeze more for the Avedis HaKadosh. Don't worry, nobody in our generation is making such a decision. Sometimes family members, and the family member, by the way, I'm not, not necessarily here to blame the wife and kids. The family members could be you. I've had half the situations where the wife is saying, we shouldn't spend that, let's give more to stuck on HaKadosh and he wants to go on vacation. I've seen it in both directions. So whoever that family member is, or if it's all of them, and their rub is telling them, why are you wasting so much money? Whatever the case may be, it's got to be examined. The budget's got to be examined and re-examined, depending on what's coming in. And the fact that something was affordable last year or spent last year doesn't mean it was the right decision and doesn't mean it's apropos for this year. So it has to be re-examined. That's why they uh, have uh, budget meetings and government levels all the time. The government has an easy solution quite often. In this country, they just print more money. That shouldn't be done at home. Don't try that at home. Uh, although it's often used, it's called a plastic square rectangle card. And that's our version of printing more money. That's not a very healthy idea either. Chachma uh, begayim taimen. My kids at various ages started asking, what does that plastic do and how do you just give it to somebody and they let you take the object you're buying? Like, what, you know, for, for a six, seven, eight-year-old, that's pretty, like, derech neis. Like, you give him a card and he lets you fill up your car? That's pretty good. Just go like that. And then, uh, so uh, at a young enough age, they ask, can I have one of those? It looks, uh, looks interesting. So as it's being spent, you wonder, like, and I've, every single child ends up asking this question, how does MasterCard make any money? He said, does that card cost money? I said, well, nobody I know spends money on cards, but, you know, you can spend money on a card. Most of them are free. He said, free? How do they make money? I said, well, first time, every time the vendor swipes it, so they get their, what is it, 2.5%? So they're making billions of dollars that way. And they said, that's it? I said, that's enough, but that's not it. The Chachma Begayin Taimin is that they're assuming there are enough people out there to the tune of tens of millions who are going to overspend and start paying interest to the tune of 13, 14, 15, 16%. Uh, good people. Some of them uh, we know. Why would somebody want to do that mamish highway robbery? And they're banking on that, literally and figuratively. This is a big business, and they, they figured it out a long time ago, and they're right. So the Pelliates is going to give us a very severe warning that just like the government shouldn't be printing money, we shouldn't be uh, swiping more than necessary. It's called living within your means, and it's always a struggle, and there's no easy answer. So he starts off the paragraph, and people get very excited about it. The Pelliates just gave us a pass. He said, you shouldn't be mitzamsem for your Avedis Hashem and have the family suffer. He's probably talking about like taking away bread and butter and the like. How do I know that? Because you go on to lash out against those who are doing frivolous spending and then living beyond their means and not freeing up enough money for their olam haba. And everybody's got to figure out the balance in their particular matzav. And it's not one conversation. It's a way of life and it's a function of Yerushalayim and understanding what we're here for. We're here to build our olam haba and build our nitzchiyas and Money is a wonderful tool to be able to buy schusim of tzedakah and chesed and hachzakah's teireh, akulam. And the more money you free up for that, the better off you and your family will be. But 
that's a lifetime of Musr to be able to raise that bar. But he's going to try to help us along. Once they're taken care of and their basic needs, don't add to it necessarily. That's how I know he was talking about bread and butter before. But he says, make sure you don't overspend on food. Food is a hobbit, sir. If we would just be spending on food, expensive. Probably one of the biggest bills. But that already, uh, what are people eating already? Nobody's having lamb chops every night. That's not the worst of it. If you're being asked to go out to eat at fancy restaurants uh, more often than you should, then that has to be looked at as well. But once in a while, it's good for Shalom Bayis, if uh, that's what's requested. And Malbushe Rikama is very fancy suits and fancy clothing. Fancy is relative. And women, by definition, every once in a while, husbands still complain. They wonder why they're tripping over all the shoes in the closet. My first advice to them is you should have a different closet. I don't know why he's tripping over her shoes. So maybe they're living in a very small house and they have one closet. Okay, so they're already makind the peliers, that they're mitzamsen. Um, it's not good to look at the amount of shoes because you're never going to understand it. And um, that's the way it goes. It's not a tain on them. Whatever, uh, whatever the system is, it is. And you've got to know where you can cut. And often they'll wonder why... He needs so many golf clubs. Well, I don't know anybody here has a lot of golf clubs, but you have a few? Okay. Did your wife tie on you? Why you have so many? Okay, you've heard the tie Okay, thank you. thank you for volunteering. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so everybody's got their thing, and you've got um, to figure it out. It's not, again, it's not one conversation. You've got to figure it out without causing World War III. And these things are frivolous expenditures. And you've got to know what madrega you're holding on and where you should be and what's uh, silly and what you should start working on. Baltashkis, we usually think of when you tell your kids that the kids in India are starving and they shouldn't waste the rest of your chont. The kids shouldn't hear this part of the Shia before the next time you say that because it's a little bit strange. We use that taina still. We, we all grew up and there were kids always starving in India and uh, all the other, what? Biafra, yeah, Biafra was a, was a common one. And whatever, pick your, pick your tzkufa. And, okay, that's a taina. Why are you wasting food? People are hungry. The amount of food in dollars and cents that they're wasting is probably, if you add it all up over 25 chunks, doesn't equal a quarter of a golf club. The Pelliades is pointing out that what we spend money on, we don't consider it baltashkis, is baltashkis if it's not necessary. So the kid finishes chant, and by the way, just, I, this is not a paid advertisement by your children, but um, the description of my, my shreves to tell me yeshiva, Ravarin used to eat with the bochum. So, used to see me at Ravarin, was always very thin, very not into his gashmias, as you can imagine. He would start the suda, and he would speak during the suda and talk and learning, he saw him eat, he would nibble like a quarter of a piece of a polka, and like in the middle he would, like the tiniest arrived, he would, a conscious decision, he would stop and he would actually physically push away the plate. No, but there's a half a piece of chicken on there, baltashis, that's not baltashis. Tainus arrived is not baltashis. Avaran probably in Europe would have given it to 12 other bacham, not a shirayim necessarily, just as uh, why waste it? But America, this was what he needed, he didn't need more, and he actually pushed away the plate. So, we're not holding there, and usually we're asking for seconds and thirds, and uh, that's not the worst issue right now. We have what to eat, and most people are 
on some sort of diet, that's, that's okay. The big money is being spent on many other things. So that's not necessarily the time. Yes? Just a side question on that. Is there not saying it's a mile to take a big piece and leave it over? Or the mile is to take a small piece of chatfield? <laughs> so you sound like a parent. Maybe you've been in the business for a while. So parents also, before they get to the uh, Indian and other such uh, African countries and the like, India is not in Africa. So they say... Don't take such yeah, big eyes. Don't take such a big piece. Take a smaller piece. And if you want more, so I understand where you're coming from. Uh, it's prudent to take a uh, polka if you're uh, historically not able to finish the gigantic piece that you used to take. So that would be baltashness. Why start a bigger piece? With that said, it's a little hard to teach children about leftover chont and leftover chicken when we're taking vacations and... Uh, and going out to eat uh, at restaurants that are charging us four times the price for what you're tining, they're not finishing. It's a little bit disingenuous and incongruous. That's the problem. What? Yes, yes. They weren't going to give. They weren't going to give Avaron a half a polka. Yeah, that would be not respectful. Yeah, that wouldn't be because they recovered Shabbos, and it wouldn't be. What? It was probably given to him. That's supposed to him. Yeah, that's that's a sort of thing. Yes, I'm just saying, but that's not. The big battle about Tashkis is not necessarily... It is about... You should teach them that. Watch, they leave over, take a little nibble, leave over the rest of the take less. Or, and teach them the value of food. I'm not saying that's not a good point. I'm saying is we have a lot of other things that we're not teaching them in terms of expenditures. And the Peliates is discussing a balance of not making it too pressured, but teaching them in the time of the Peliates, by the way, this was apparently somewhat of a problem. They had some Gevirim then, but wasn't the issue we have now. Baruch Hashem... We have this issue, I say, Baruch Hashem. It comes from affluence, and the good news is at least we're eating and we can afford uh, a nice house and food. Uh, the downside is, is that uh, we're creating spoiled adults and spoiled children, and that has to be taught as well, and it's hard to start uh, later on in life. Let's continue. Hevel Hema, first one line. Ki Instead of misusing it, to throwing it out of me. So again, we have um, clothing we don't use. So there are still people who take hand-me-downs in excellent conditions. So we have Kupa Cesar, we have places to put it. And they'll use it if they use it for people or they just use it to sell off and they get pennies and dollars. But at least there's something being taught that's not necessarily being thrown out. Let's go another couple of minutes. Pirshirazal, he fought many battles, had booty from the battle, which we discussed many times, is legal, halachically legal, not politically correct today, nothing wrong with it. People trying to kill you, Rahman if you win the battle, then if you could have killed them and you had to kill them, then their assets are yours. Alpidin, that's about as kosher money as Shatchan's guilt. And he had millions and millions and millions of dollars or hundreds of millions or billions, and he never touched it, and he saved it all for the future of Binyan Abayas, which he hoped to do, which he didn't end up doing for one of the reasons we mentioned today. Uh, Shlomo had to build it. He didn't fight wars, and Davon Malach was too great, and there are many, many reasons given. And he collected a very sizable amount for the future of Binyan Abayas. Interestingly enough, when Shlomo Melch built the bias, not only did David Melch not get a chance to start, everything he amassed was not used. We never spoke about that at length. 
apparently the shot is Shlomo Melech was a son. He was trying to mechabit his father. Apparently, not only couldn't David build it because he had too much kedusha and it wouldn't be destroyed, even the assets he put aside couldn't be used, which is an incredible concept. Spent a long time in that in Hilchah Staka. That you have to be careful, you shouldn't get poor. Which, if you remember in Hilchah Staka, she night Seder, we had no less than like six or seven heterim for people looking for coolers. We had a lot of coolers there. Most people can say that if you're spending money on frivolous things anyway, you might as well spend it in Staka. Or if you make enough that you could spend. 30, 40% and won't make a dent in your budget or 20% certainly is l'chabchila. Chazal were concerned at that time, certainly after Chorb and Abayat, people used to spending a lot of money and at that point they still wanted to do the chesed but Chayistol was in serious financial trouble after the Chorb and they had to put a cap on it. Shema Yani, they might themselves fall apart. Allah's kavakama ledvarashus, so they even put a cap for tzedakah. Now, they actually never put a cap for dvarishus. They didn't put a cap for Yisachas Vulan. You could actually make Yisachas Vulan and spend 50%. That's a partnership. But certainly hashkafically, they're telling you if we're even putting a cap on your mitzvahs, certainly you should take from that that it shouldn't be spent on a Dvar in a very haphazard, frivolous way. If you didn't say Kriya Shema, please say it now. And he said he had people in those times that were wealthy and they were throwing around money for less than important things, Asher top line, Vir Mitzah Yodam, Luchachmu Yaskil Zeis, if they would think about it more and put more planning into the preciousness of where to spend the money, with the money they're spending on extra luxury, they could have fed someone, made somebody happy, used it for stock of a chesed, for Torah, even if they're given, the Gemara Gittin says, it depends on what they have, and they're going to be judged by what they could have given, besides what they gave, they'll get schar for them, but ish kafi madre gasai. Amit we will continue next week.